Hey, this is Carmine of Peace, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Keep rocking. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another week of Focus on Metal. It's going to be a shorter episode this week, shorter but uh, still packed full of great info as we talk to, once again, the guy you heard at the beginning of the show, that's right, Carmine Apiece. I think this is maybe the second or third time, I think it's actually the third time we've had Carmine on the show. Always like having Carmine on the show for lots of reasons. One, he's an East Coast guy. Two, he's been around for just freaking forever and full of great stories and, you know, just a legendary, legendary drummer. Come on. John Bonham cited Carmine a piece as one of his influences. And, uh, you know, I got great memories of talking to Carmine in the past. You know, he's one of the, uh, I think, the only guy from uh, back in the day that I've talked to that I've rolled out uh, the mention of Mr. C's Rock Palace, and he remembered all about that club. And that's a club that is actually within walking distance of my apartment, and at one point was one of, like, the biggest rock clubs on the East Coast. Started way back in the 40s as the Commodore Ballroom, and I remember playing there as Mr. C's, in Mr. C's Rock Palace, and Carmine played there lots of times with uh, Vanilla Fudge, maybe even with Cactus as well, but uh, huge club, hugely popular as well. And unfortunately, like a lot of great venues, it's no more. I remember it closed uh, end of 1982. At that point, just kind of temporarily because it had a license suspension, a liquor license. But then uh, I think sometime about midway through 83, the place basically uh, had a four-alarm fire, and that was it. Never reopened again. Got bulldozed down years later, and uh, now where that great rock club was, it's a parking garage for a train station. Kind of like that awesome club that I uh, used to play in Boston, the Legendary Channel. That's the uh, venue that uh, Metallica was playing in the early days and got some gear ripped off. And I can remember some stories of Grim Reaper actually chucking some gear into the uh, river behind there. But uh, yeah, the channel is now a parking lot as well. Good stuff, huh? And also, I think Carmine is the only guy that remembers when I talked about uh, the drum shop that was in uh, in the same neighborhood as the Berkeley School of Music. And he, uh, oh yeah, he like lunged right on that one as well. He definitely remembered Jack's drums. I think he was the only one that when I asked, he definitely remembered being in Jack's and remembering that thing. That was a legendary drum store in Boston. So uh Again, always like talking to uh, to Carmine. So, like I said, shorter episode this week, but uh, Richie's going to talk to uh, talk to Carmine and cover a crap load of topics, including uh, you know some blue murder talk. We got to do that, right? It's it's Carmine, and of course, we had to dig into what is going on these days with King Cobra, with the release they just did, and the upcoming stuff that's going on as well. So, Richie's going to be digging into. Uh, all of the stuff that is going on with King Cobra, and then going back and uh, asking uh, Carmine some other stories from the past. And of course, Carmine's involved with a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, there's other bits and pieces that uh, as uh, Richie's talking to Carmine, he'll be quizzing him on all of that good stuff. And, you know, if you don't know it, uh, Carmine and his brother Vinny just appeared at the 2021 version of 
Rock and Pod, which is a great show that got kicked off by our friends over at the Decibel Geek. And that thing has been strolling along for a few years now. And, uh, you know, definitely a great show if you want to meet a lot of those folks that we, you know, we have on this show and uh, just, you know, even meet a lot of folks that are doing even shows and stuff as well. And uh, like I said, Carmen and Vinny just appeared at the latest one that was done back in the first or second week of August. And if you want to, you know, keep on tabs for that and see what's coming up for next year. And I'm sure that, you know, probably in the next few months, they'll start to announce maybe stuff as they get together. And uh, you can keep up with all the news on that at Nashville Rock and Pod Expo.com. And yeah, they had a lot of great guests this year on there. They had, you know, Billy Sheehan. They had, I remember Matt Pinfield from MTV. Ron Keel was on there. Greg Bissonette and Jason Beeler, Tony Harnell. So again, you know, a lot of folks we've had on the show. And it's always a good time there down in Nashville when they do the rock and pod. And probably, you know, the best way to actually know firsthand What's going on as well is to keep up with uh, the Decibel Geek, and you can uh, listen to their show, but you can also hit them up at their website, which is decibelgeek.com. Good guys over there, and they do an awesome show. So with that, what do you say we get into it with uh, Richie talking with Carmine Apiece? Hey, Richie. Hey, Carmine. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? I got a lot of things I need to talk to you about. We'll get into the King Cobra stuff in a few minutes. Um, sure. Where are you from? I'm from Ireland. I could tell, yeah. I, got, I detect the Irish accent. Yeah. Have you played in Ireland before? Yes, of course I did with, uh, with Rod Stewart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, nice. Did you get a chance to uh, see the sights over there at all, or were you, were, was, were you in and out? Probably a long time ago. Okay. Um, yeah, we used to uh, play a big, big thing and then have like a, a day off, you know. We didn't work, uh, you know, it wasn't like four in a row or anything like that. You know, usually we play two nights in a, in a, a venue. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, do you collect drums, Carmine, or have, do, you, do you hang on to the kits that you played with over the years? I have some of the kits, and I have too many kits. I, right now, I'm actually trying to get rid of some of the kits because. Uh, I believe that drums should be played, not stored in the storage place, you know? Okay. Um, have you ever gotten rid of a kit and regretted doing it? Um, yes. Yeah, like uh, there was a, the very first Octoplus Ludwig drum kit that I played with Cactus and uh, DBA and Rod Stewart. Um, I sold it to the Guitar Center years ago for 600 bucks. <laughs> probably worth 20 grand today wow wow i hope it's still out there and somebody's playing it well i wonder i wonder i never heard yeah um i have to talk to you about charlie watts who passed away yeah, of uh, course. did you know charlie at all had, had you ever played on the same bill with him uh, no i never played on the same bill um but I met him a couple of times from going to gigs and hanging around in England with Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck. And, uh, you know, and, but Rod always used to tell me, you know, when I first joined him, because I, I played very much on top of the beat at that point. Even though when I played with Vanilla Fudge, I played a little more behind the beat. 
but when I had Cactus and BBA, it was more on top of the beat kind of vibe. You know? And he used to tell me, you got to play behind the beat. Listen to Charlie. Listen to Charlie. So I used to listen to different things to Charlie just to, to hear it, you know, hear what's going on. Mm. And, uh, and it was interesting, you know, because uh, he was like a, a, a jazz drummer going rock, sort of like Ginger Baker, you know? Yeah. But Ginger played a lot more. He just was a rock solid groove guy. He just played the groove. And he, he did a few fills here and there where they, where they were needed, you know? But he was just back there and he did his job as a drummer. Always had a cool sound and always had a good groove. Um, one of the things you, you, you hear people talking about Charlie, because it's all over social media now, is the, the feel that he had. Um, yeah. Do you think feel can be taught, or is that something that you just have? Some you just have. You can't really, you can't teach a feel. Okay. That's what makes that's what makes a drummer a drummer is the feel. You know, in my whole career, everybody talked about my feel, and my being able to play along. You know, with my feel and whatever music I'm doing. You know, like going from. BBA to Rod Stewart and still keeping the same kind of feel and, and chills, even though it was a little different, a little more on the beat versus behind the beat. And Vanilla Fox, the Cactus, the BBA is totally different um, music, but I kept the same feel, you know. Mm. Is that something, Carmine, that people will ask you, like at Trump Clinics, about feel? Is it something that I can improve on? improve on yeah I, mean, it's, it's, I don't know if you can really improve on your feel you can improve on your groove and your technique and how to play stuff but you know the feel is either you got the feel or you don't mm. you know some guys you could just tell when they're playing they just have no feel and it's just like very it comes from the mind instead of the heart you know yeah do you, do you feel that a lot of the drummers now um it's all about technique and power that the feel is lost a little bit. Yep, totally. Okay. And it used to be the drummer and the bass player would follow each other. The bass drum would follow the bass. Now the bass drum followed the guitar riff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's totally... It's a whole different approach. I mean, it's very mechanical, very... Yeah, it's very mechanical, very robotic. Do you think amazing, that... Amazing technique to do that, i got to say. Yeah. Do, 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 you, do you think technology is out of hand in that, though, that you can fix anything now, that it, the human element has kind of gone out of drumming a little bit? Well, you can't do that on record, but when you go live, I hear some of these drummers doing this stuff live. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, there's no feel, but the technical part of it is pretty amazing, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, Carmine, I want to ask you about Rock and Pod, because I know Chris Sinzak myself, uh, and you, okay. did it, you did it in Nashville a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. w was that a good time? Yeah, it was a good time. Actually, um, I got to see old friends of mine, like Sandy Gennaro was there, and... and uh, uh, Don Jameson was there, and Pamela Dubois was there. I had lunch with Pamela, which was interesting. 
haven't seen her in years. Um, and uh, and just for the record, I've never been with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, when she came to light to me was uh, you know, when she was married to my friend uh, Michael Dubois from Detectives, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's when I got to you know she was already married and settled down, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but that was fun. And then uh, it, was, it was really, uh, an, it was similar to like, uh, there's a thing called Shula's Theater. You know, mm-hmm. you go in and you sign autographs, you charge people for the autograph and whatever merch they buy. And that's how you make your, your, your fee, you know? Yeah. But uh, so they brought us in, they paid for the hotel, they paid for um, the flight. And uh, I guess we were like part of the, the headliners there, uh, me and Vinny and probably Greg Bissonette and, uh, and Billy Sheehan. You know, but they didn't spend the, the time that we did there. Um, you know, they we spent the whole day at the at the signing booth. You know, all day on Saturday, and then Saturday night we went to San Gennaro's house for an Italian meal with my friend Dwayne Hitchings, who, who co-wrote "Sexy" and "Young Turks" with me, and he was in Cactus, and you know, he played on a lot of things of mine. And uh, and then five days later on the Friday. He called me and said he had COVID. So wow. Apparently, he must have uh, uh, you know, caught it before he saw me on that first Friday night when we went to the Mercy Lounge and jammed. Um, so he must have caught it somewhere, but it wasn't, it was an incubation for that whole weekend. Okay. And it didn't come out, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, you know, transferable to us. So, I was worried about it, you know, but like 10 days went by and I spoke felt fine. I didn't feel anything. Good. And then my brother was fine and, and Sandy was fine and Sandy's wife was fine. Okay. So, you know, so and now it's been two weeks and I still feel fine. Nice. Because yeah. there the so, must, the must be part of you, Carmine, that you, you, you do want to get back out there and play shows, but part of you is thinking, hmm. I'm a little bit up well, in the air about it, you know. I, I think it, I I think it's be careful, you know. Yeah. We had to be we had to be vaccinated in order to 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 go out and play shows again because you, you're going to be around people and and I know like you know, like like Dwayne was vaccinated but he got the Delta thing but it felt like a cold. It, it wasn't going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, people that are dying from that, from what I understand, are mostly unvaccinated people. Then you got other people saying that the vaccination is going to kill you in five years. Yeah. The, gov- the government planned that. And I don't understand that. Okay. Because all the people that are going to be dying are, are tax paying people. Yeah. You know, why would they want to kill the people that are going to pay the taxes, which funds the government? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah. My, my, yeah. My, my, you don't know what to believe today, but, you know, I just had to do it because, you know, we were going to do that. National thing, and now next week and, and another month, uh, me and Vinny start uh, four, uh, we're doing a four day tour in a week. Right after that, we got Vanilla Fudge gigs, and you know, we're making sure that well, everyone in the bands are vaccinated and everybody's in, uh, in the um, in the crew is vaccinated, you know. Yeah, Car- Carmine, did, did you keep playing? 
throughout this period, or did you have to get up to speed to, to get back up on stage? No, I mean, I kept playing. I, I moved to Florida a year ago in June, and I had a studio on my house here. And uh, I said had, because I just, my computer just got hit, and my, some of my equipment just got hit by a, a lightning surge, which blew out my computer and blew out my focus right and blew out my, one of my screens. You know, but uh-huh. my brother built me the system, so he's rebuilding it right now. So put me out of standstill. Which I'm working on the new King Cobra record now. I'm working on uh, an artist named Lisa G on the Hung X tracks. Uh, I just well, I did finish uh, Katazers, some work with Katazers for my Katazers um, box set that's coming out. Yeah, and I did an album called. Uh, uh, energy overload with me and this guy named uh, Fernando Perdomo who's in that uh, Netflix documentary uh, Echoes in the Canyon. Okay. He's got every, everybody in, is in that video, you know, from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Joni Mitchell, and blah 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 blah. Mm. It was done by Bob Dylan's kid. Yeah. You know? And he, they did a live gig, and he's playing on the live gig too, and he sounds great and looks great. Nice. So, uh, and he's played with a lot of different people too. You know, we got this uh, instrumental album coming out, which which I gave one of the songs to uh, Susie Quattro, who wanted to hear what I'm doing lately. She wants me to play on some of her stuff. And I sent her this instrumental, and she said, I love this song. Can I put melody and lyrics to it? I said, sure. <laughs> so she's doing that over in England. So it's a lot, a lot of good stuff. So I just kept busy playing. I did... Uh, some stuff for Modern Drummer in my studio, a video for uh, uh, Modern Drummer Day, and I did uh, introductions video for my for my new uh, Modern Drummer deal, which I've been releasing 12, uh, 12 pieces of product, you know, for my instructional part of my career. You know, my real sick rock drum book that sold four or 500,000, you know, and, and different books that have, you know, been idle. Now hmm. coming out with being different languages, I had to do video for that and <laughs> drum parts for that. You know, wow. I'm about to do some more for that. Uh, a couple of the books didn't have audio. I'm doing audio for those. As soon as my brother sends me my my computer back, I can set it back up and get going again. Hmm. I just tried to do it on a laptop, and I'm having a problem with it. So I just talked to him today, and he said, it "Looks like he's getting all the parts tomorrow." And he, We'll put everything together by the weekend, and if everything works, we'll send it back to me. I'll have it by, you know, next the end of next week, which is great. And I mm. start working on stuff, and then, and then we're going to go out on the road for a couple of weeks, and then come back, and and uh, I got some time to do more work on stuff, and you know, just got intermittent intermittent gigs with Vanilla Fudge, Cactus, and my brother. We've got about twenty gigs lined up between now and December. Nice. Um, Carmine, you mentioned King Cobra there, a new, yes. a new record. That was one of the yeah. questions I had for you. Um, w- what can you tell me about that? Well, the new record is going to be called Music is a Piece of Art by King Cobra. We have a song titled that, which is you know all about, you know, when you're writing music, it becomes like a piece of art. Like you, when you're writing, it's like painting a picture, you know? Mm-hmm. With lyrics and music, so so uh, Paul Sotino wrote the lyrics and came up with that title. 
and we both agreed this would be a great title for the album, you know. So we got uh, we got actually the album cover working uh, now, and it looks like a piece, like a tattoo. This tattoo artist did it. it. Looks like a piece of art. It's got drums in. It's got a microphone stand made of a guitar neck with an old Shure mic on it and drumsticks and you know fog and it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, is it the same lineup? No, it's a different lineup because uh, Dave Michael Phillips doesn't want to record anymore. He said, you know, put all this time into recording and then nobody hears it. Nobody buys it. I said, well, that's too bad because, you know, you're still creating music is what you love to do, right? Uh-huh. But he didn't want to do it. And Mick joined back up with the Bullet Boys and doing some gigs in on his spare time. The rest of his time he spends, uh, he's a set painter for movies oh. in the Union. So that's why he didn't come out on tour with us when we did the live album. Yeah. We got Jordan Ziff playing with us in place of Mick and Jordan now is in, in Rat. Yep. So so I couldn't ask Jordan, Jordan to join. So so we're working on some different ideas. We have uh, Rowan Robinson from Dio is definitely in it with us. It's me, Paul, and Johnny Rod. Okay. And uh, uh, we, we, we're working with Robbie uh, Lochner from Great White, Jack Russell's Great, Great White. Uh-huh. But he seems to be very busy with Great White, so we're also talking to Carlos Cavazzo. Ah, showing up. Nice. You know, so, so I might end up with Rowan, Carlos, me, Johnny, Rod, and Paul, which is a nice lineup. That's a killer lineup. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, actually, I have to call for uh, Carlos today. Mm. Uh, um, Carmine, is it going to be on Frontiers? No, it's going to be on Cleopatra. Okay. Because uh, Frontiers didn't really do anything for the record. Is you know is that one of the reasons that you haven't released an album in eight years because of what Frontiers did for the first two? Yes, and we did re- release that live record on my own label. Yeah, uh, digitally, and uh, Metalville is another label that picked up the uh, the uh, physical rights. Okay. So, so then, then when I shut down my Rocker Records at the beginning of the year. I gave the digital rights to Deco, and then we added more tracks to it that weren't on it, and became, you know, this deluxe version of the digital version that we're, we're promoting now. Mm. Um, how come the whole show wasn't originally released? Um, I was, at the time when we mixed it, um, uh, Monsters and Heroes was just coming out on mine and Vinny's album, you know. Oh. It was actually written by King Cobra and recorded by King Cobra and given to Wendy Dio for Ronnie's Cancer Fund. So that was like a, a five-year deal. So when it came back to us, we put Vinny on it because we, we liked the fact that it was all about Ronnie. Ronnie is my buddy. Yeah. Paul wrote the song, you know, and Paul sang the song on mine and Vinny's album. And Vinny played with Ronnie, so there was a big connection there. Uh-huh. So we put Vinny on 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 the track that we recorded with King Cobra, and which changed the whole concept with the two drumming on it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, that was coming out. So when we went to um, Sweden Rock, we played we played that with King Cobra in conjunction with Heaven and Hell, which 
Paul sang a cappella with the audience. And then he said, and now here's our tribute to Ronnie, and we did Monsters and Heroes. And together, it was a really cool part of the show. There's the audience saying all of it. Yeah. You know, so I thought that since it was coming out on our album, it would it confuse people at the time. So I left it off the, the, uh, the King Cobra album. And Iron Eagle, I left off also because I wasn't, I thought at the time it wasn't the best representation. But if I'm re-listening to it lately, I thought it sounded pretty good. I think I was too close to it before, you know? Mm -hmm. And same thing with Running Wild, uh, which is another one which we did an encore. I, I thought the same thing. But if I'm re-listening to it lately, well, it does sound pretty good, you know? Yeah. But sometimes you get so close to project and, and mixing and, and you go, ah, I'm not crazy about that. But when you let it go for a while and you clear your mind of it and listen to it fresh years, you go, hey, you know, this isn't bad. So, so because uh, Deco said, do you have any bonus tracks we could add? And those three tracks came to mind. Okay. And then same thing with the, they re-released the first King Cobra Frontiers record uh, on digitally as well. And the same thing happened. Do you have any other tracks? So we, I believe we had a track, a track called Rich Flags and another track, which was the original King Cobra uh, Monsters and Heroes that we gave to Wendy. Okay. So those, that, those were added the bonus tracks to those. Yeah. Well, Carmine, when you did Sweden Rock, how much rehearsal did you have beforehand? Well, we did about five days rehearsal, then we played at, uh, we rehearsed in Vegas, as that's where, uh, you know, we, we were going to do the first show at Vamp in Vegas, Yeah, which was, a, uh, the Count from Counting Cards owns that, that club, and we know him and his wife very well. We did our, um, our video there, uh, the one from the second album, which I, I can't remember the name of right now. Um, have a good time, is it? Have a good time, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We did that video at Van, so we said let's do a show at Van to warm up to go to Europe. So we rehearsed five days, did that show, we, we tested out the running order of the songs, and then we went to Europe and we played uh, three shows before Sweden Rock. We played Madrid, Barcelona, and somewhere in Holland. Okay. Okay, and. Uh, and I, the places were packed out, and they loved King Cobra. The reaction was amazing, you know, because King Cobra had never really toured Europe, ever. Yeah. You know? And um, then we did Sweden Rock, and we got an amazing reaction of Sweden Rock. Yeah, you had a you had a 15-song set, so you must have played pretty late in the day. We played just before Queen, okay? So we played just before it started getting dark. Started getting, but the other us said it just started getting dark. So what is that? Maybe seven o'clock, uh, six o'clock, six thirty, seven. Mm. You know, by by eight o'clock it was starting to get dark. And it's funny, I played the same show, Sweden Rock with Vanilla Fudge, two days later, <laughs> and we released a live DVD, a DVD of that. Nice, nice. You have to, you have to make her mind that. You playing that late in the day and having such a long set, that, that must have surprised you, that you had that high, higher billing. Well, um, 
it did and it didn't because we were on a small, you know? Yeah. And uh, bands our size were playing on that small stage all through the day. Okay. You know, and then after Queen, I think somebody else played on that stage. You know, I may be wrong, but uh, it was awesome. It was really awesome. Yeah. Um, did you get to do a lot of sh- live shows with Paul, or was it just that one in Vamped and a couple in Europe, and and that was it? That was it. But I'm thinking next year, uh, because it seems the all the '80s bands seem to be happening. Even bands that were smaller than us, you know, that's uh-huh. less record and, and were, you know less popular than we are, are out there doing festivals and doing gigs, and you know. And uh, I always loved the King Cobra material, especially some of the new stuff, you know. So I talked to Paul, and I said, do you think, what about going out? He's, he's into it. Johnny Rod's totally into it. Okay. You know? And, and uh, Rowan's into it. Now I'm going to talk to Carlos about playing on the record. And I just talked to my brother. I said, we should do Last in Line and King Cobra. Yep. We're together. Mm-hmm. And that would be, I think that would be, you know, we can sell out bigger places than either one of us can do individually and do it together. Definitely. You know? um, and, then at, and at the end, we can do something together. We and Vinny play together with, you know, a combination of you know, different guys. I mean, Rowan played with Vinny, you know, and uh, and Paul played with, you know, with Ronnie. Yeah. was managed by Ronnie. And, and yeah, just a, a lot of tie-in. Vivian was in the first band. Johnny, yeah, it's just it's, it's all cool, you know. Mm. Carmine, you you must have been offered uh, cruises over the years with King Cobra, or or no? Well, we we were with King Cobra. I've done two cruises with uh, with uh, Vanilla Fudge, and I have this condition, physical health condition that en- enables me to. The last time I I had a bad attack, I was on the road with me, and my brother, in Europe. And I almost didn't make it back, you know. So mm. due due to that, I'm not going to Europe anymore, or Japan, or South America, or doing cruises. So basically, my touring is limited to the United States. Okay. Because because yeah, I need to get if, if if these things happen, I need to get to a hospital. Yeah, I hear you. I can do this this certain surgery. Uh, it has to do with nose bleeding. And uh, I've, I've had this since 1998, and it really got bad. 2000, uh, was it 2018, yeah, 2018, when we and Vinny were in Europe promoting our album. Um, was it 2018 or 2017? Uh, I, I think it was 18. So I almost didn't make it back. So one more day, uh, the doctor said I would have died. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So it's a good reason not to go far from America. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just have one or two more questions, Carmine, before I leave you go. How do you think you're playing now? Because you're in your 70s. You know, you obviously, you, you know, your body will start to wear down as you get older. Do you still yeah. think you could, you're, you, you know, you'd have certain standards on how, how, well, you, how mean, you want I to play? Still, I, I mean, I could still play high energy like me. Like I'm not definitely like me, and and when I play with Jeff Beck, you know, when I was a, a total animal, but I think I can hold my own because you know we do these drum wars things, and 
my brother's 11 years younger than me and I, you know, I keep up to him pretty good. <laughs> nice. Uh, final question, Carmine. Do you still get asked a lot about Blue Murder? All the time. <laughs> All the time. And it's one of my favorite bands. And that's why when I did my Catarsis project, which, you know, has the box set coming out in November, I used Tony and Kelly Keeling, who were both in Blue Murder. You know, because uh, we we did a, a, a tour of Japan when the second Blue Murder album was out, and me and Tony weren't in it. Uh, we did a tour of Japan where it was really huge Blue Murder, and we 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 did really well, and we had Kelly on vocals and and Mitch Perry played guitar, uh-huh. and uh, and we signed a lot of Blue Murder records on that tour. <laughs> you know, and now all the time you know we were going to do blue murder um a few years ago but it didn't work out and uh we did jam together me john and tony and it was awesome and in the interim of our absence our keyboard player nick green passed away cancer you know and uh you know that's what when john said well maybe we should get out there but then it still still didn't work out you know so you know and now if we did do Blue Murder, I could only do America. That's right. Yeah. It's a shame because when we were going to do it, like 2011, we had major money gigs and all the festivals in summer in Europe. But then some, somehow, I forgot what actually happened between uh, John and the manager, and it just got all blown out. Yeah. Oh, damn. That was the closest we got. Damn. <laughs> I love that album. <laughs> Me too. I love the second album too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I think uh, the tw- I'm on ten of the twelve tracks. Yeah, you know that's right. When, when I did that, I was hired as a sideman, uh, as a session guy to do that because we, we were already broken up. You know. Yeah, that's right. You're down as an addi- you're down as an additional musician on that. You and Tony. Yeah, I know. It's funny, right? We had, we were we were two thirds of the band. Yeah. Additional musicians, but that's okay. You know, that's the way it went down. Yeah. And uh, that's life, you know? Yeah. So, Carmine, when do you think the new King Cobra record will be out? Any rough idea? I I think it's going to be next year, you know, because uh, I got to get my studio back running. And then uh, Paul Sotino is just getting getting over COVID. Yeah, that's right. And uh, did you talk to him? Did you know that? I knew he had it, yes. I text him oh. rare you know, I'll text him on his birthday and and stuff like that. But I knew he had COVID, yeah. Yeah. His wife is getting over it now. Oh and damn. Okay. They're, they're just waiting for them to to get better so they can you know, he can send me the stems on the songs so I could start by putting the drums on them. Okay. You know. We we wrote the songs differently this time. Uh, the last two albums, I would always go to Vegas and hang out with Paul, and we we'd write songs with a drum machine, and then Dave would we send it to Dave, and then he put real guitars on it and send it back, and I would do the drums in Vegas to one of the guitars and a vocal, you know, and then we bring Johnny Rod in to do the bass. But this time, with the COVID thing going on, I'm not going to Vegas. But Rowan lives in Vegas, and Rowan and and Paul have been putting together song ideas and, and sending them to me on email and me put my two cents in by email back. And, but I told Paul 
that he has the 24 track or the, the multi tracks of uh, the last two albums we did for King Cobra. Mm. I said, why don't you take, instead of using a drum machine, take some of the drums off that and just do a drum track and write new songs to them. And that way you're, you're writing to a drum feel, my feel on the drums instead of a drum machine. Yeah, yeah. And then I also recorded some drum tracks, you know, and sent them to them. And Rowan did like two of those drum tracks and wrote guitar tracks to them and gave them Paul to Paul and Paul edited them up, you know, to come yeah. up with the songs. And then, so we were going to get those edits, you know, and send me the click to those because everything was done to a click and send me the, the, the uh, guitar parts without the drum tracks or send a, a stereo drum track. So I remember what I did and play a new drum track along the same lines to the actual guitar now. Hmm. Would you crazy? crazy. Yeah. Would it be fair to say, Carmine, that Paul has been a bit of a godsend to King Cobra at this stage in the band career? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. As was Dave. You know, Dave was always a technical guy with the recordings. You know, but since he's not doing it now, Paul has become what we call the hub. You know, the recording hub of everything. Uh, so I'll send him drums. He'll do guitars with Rowan. We had uh, Robbie sending tracks in, but Robbie's been like AWOL for the last, I don't know, three weeks or so. You know, she's been out with Jack Russell's great wife, so, mm. you know. So, and, and, you know, he's not answering video, uh, texts and stuff, so, you know, I said to Paul, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe we should try and get somebody else, you know. Okay. And Paul suggested the uh, because Paul's doing a rough cut thing with with Carlos, and he asked me if I play on that. I said sure. So I'm gonna play on that with him when I get my studio back ready. Okay. And he's a whole different kind of different feel, different different songs, you know, than King Cobra. Does King Cobra have so. to be a two guitar band? Yeah, I, I think it does. Okay. I think it does because we we did one of our trademarks is the double lead solos, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Even on the live album, when we had Jordan and Dave do a, a guitar, we always had the guitar players. And I did a solo, Johnny Rock did a solo, you know, Paul did a solo a cappello, Heaven and Hell, with, with the audience, you know. And we always had, you know, Mick and Dave do a solo together, you know, which mm -hmm. is different, again, trying to be different. Yeah. And so we had them do that with the live album, and they did some Deep Purple stuff together. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Know? Definitely. And Johnny Rod, as part of his solo, we had he, he sang a Watts song, you know? Yeah. So, so Carmine. Cool. It ties, in, ties in all the history. Yeah. Know? No, you're, you're right. I think that's the way to go now. That all these people have been in multiple bands, giving their time yeah. to shine, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to give out all the social media sites where people can get in touch with you and, and buy the King Cobra stuff? Yeah. Uh, Kingcobra.com. Uh, it might be .net. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, so I, I don't do a lot of the, the social media stuff with King Cobra. Yeah. But, you know, we do have a King Cobra uh, Facebook, official Facebook. And I'm not sure if we have Instagram. But uh, whatever we have, I think Deco would would have probably sent to you. Okay. Yeah, I've got all the stuff. Yeah. So, 
I mean, because I have, you know, guitar juice, I got my own, I got uh, drum wars, I got vanilla fudge, I got catches, you know, so I, I, keep <laughs> up with, I can't keep up with all this, all this Facebook and all this stuff. Yeah, well, Carmine, yeah. if you ever get up my way, uh, hopefully I can get backstage and say hello to you. Where are you? I am just outside of Boston. Oh, okay. You got it. I'll keep, right. it, I'll keep an eye out you for you. If you hear me coming, let me know. I will, Carmine. All right. Well, it's okay, bro. pleasure talking yeah. to you. Have a good rest of the day. All right. Once again, big thanks to Carmine for taking the time to talk to us. And I actually spent a good deal of time talking to Richie on this one, which is great. And getting lots of lots of good stuff once again out of Carmine. And your one-stop shop for Carmine, as well as King Cobra and everything else he's involved with, is carmineapiece.net so you can keep tabs on everything he's up to he's also got a merch shop up there so lots of good stuff for you to explore up at carmineapiece.net and if you're a Facebook person you can keep up with them at uh, King Cobra Official doesn't get updated very often but that's where you could find them over at uh, the always ubiquitous Facebook and, you know, it is weird, too. We don't get many drummers on the show, but when we do, they're usually pretty cool guys to talk to. Case in point, you go back and check out our episode with Wild Mick Brown, where pretty much Richie would ask one question and Mick would give him an answer for the next 45 minutes. So uh, That's a great one there. James Kotak on the show and also in person is just a great guy. And then Jimmy DeGrasso, he was definitely cracking us up every time that he's been on the show. And if you've got a Netflix account, I would definitely say that if you're into drums, and drumming, or even curious about what makes those drummers tick, then uh, check out a really great doc that's up there called Count Me In. It is just really, really well done. Got some great drummers on there. Gives you some insight into drums and drumming style and all of that as well. And probably one of the high points on it for me is, you know, I forgot how damn good a drummer Stephen Perkins from uh, Jane's Addiction is. But, uh, you know, he does this... uh, Basically, he does a cover of uh, Won't Get Fooled Again, and just the, he's just doing Mooney's parts to the absolute T, and it, it'll just raise the hair on your arms. If you've got hair on your arms, just fantastic. So check that out. It's called Call Me In, and you can find that on Netflix now. All right, so that it will do it for this week of Focus on Metal. That's right. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. Not sure what we're doing next week. Got a few things uh, in the fire and just kind of talk to Richie and see which of those things he wants to roll out for next week. But we do have some good stuff for you coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, with that, like I said, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And as always... Remember, focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.